All right, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Left Home Podcast episode. I don't know when this one will actually go up, but we got Casey White on the pod today. He's a professional disc golfer, sponsored by Discmania Discs. Yes, sir. Uh, any, what other sponsors you got right now? Uh, I'm sponsored by my local um, like pro shop, Disc Golf 978, and then a course in Jacksonville, uh, New World. Sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, Casey, a lot of the pro disc golfers are coming through Arizona because that's kind of where well a lot of them spend their off seasons in Arizona and then the first couple tournaments are kind of in Arizona yeah, and Vegas. Everybody's, everybody so. generally just has to migrate west and uh you know I just got a lot of homies in Phoenix area so yeah. it's like no brainer. Yeah. So me and Casey met like Three like years three, ago almost Maybe now? three years ago. Well, yeah, three, four like, years ago maybe. Like we knew because like mutual friends, you know. Right. And then uh, you played the tournament in Des Moines. And you yep. came down with Terry and I was there with Colin and Marcus. Yeah. Yep. 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 But cool. we were probably in like a group chat on Snap. Exactly. Like, yeah. 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 We knew each other through a group chat on Snapchat. I feel like but that. that. But my entire, our entire friend group like that is because of that group chat yeah. on Snapchat. I feel like there's like disc golfers. You're like, you have all these friends. Yeah. You never met half nope. of them. But then you finally do. And yeah. it's like. Do I you already myself, know him you know? because yeah. it's like he you've been in like a yeah. Snapchat group chat? I mean, call, yeah, that's some Colin shit Bailey, like one that. of my best friends. He he was literally just a name that I saw like a mutual friends on Facebook type thing, and then it was uh, Geisinger that added uh, added me to their group chat. And yeah. I was like, oh, like I recognize this guy, and then we met, and you know, we were best friends. From I feel there. like that's how disc golfers are, and like like if like I remember back like if Alex posted something and like tagged me, you get like. 10 new friend requests yeah, from people sure. that you have no clue who they are. They're just like, oh, they're just like, oh, cool. another disc golfer. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just like, you're like, I mean, great and all, but also like, I mean, I don't yeah, really but want like, a bunch of like, random I, friends I, on yeah, Facebook. At, at the same time, it's so like, not so much Facebook, but Instagram. I used to try and use it to my advantage because like Alex was, you know, big name. I was trying to like post videos of him throwing oh, yeah. and then people would be like, oh, like from Alex's followers, click on my profile. Yeah. And like, so it, it kind of like, we kind of helped each other out. But like, yeah, yeah random people on Facebook isn't really as important. Sometimes you like look at him, you're like, I don't know about this yeah. guy. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I finally got to the point that if I haven't met you in person, there's no chance that yeah. I accept that still, friend request. I still get people on Facebook that are like, it's like someone you went to high school with. Who like you weren't friends with? They like they're fine. Like nothing against them, but it's like yeah, for yo, sure. We graduated like six years yeah. ago. We never talked in high school. Yep. Why do you? My only rule is like me a yeah, friend yeah. No, my only rule is if we were friends before, you know, we're we're chilling. And like Instagram, if you're following me still, you know, I'll follow you. But as soon as you bring it up, follow me. Yeah, <laughs> you're, out so, yeah. you're out of the plate. Yeah, yeah. Shit. So. This is your second year on Discmania, right? Uh, or third? Second full year. Second so they signed year. me mid-season in 2020. Mid-season, like, contract signings aren't really a thing. It was kind of yeah. like a special thing just because of COVID. And, like, I started to get really good all of a sudden. But, uh, yeah, so my second full year, like, on on the team. On Discmania. Sending it full-time. Hell, yeah. So I don't know how much you can talk about, but, like, what 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 does a disc golf sponsorship entail? So, I mean, like, yeah. everybody... Like when I, it's obviously all different, but yeah. So obviously, like I'm only like a couple years out of high school, but like when I was in high school, like only reason I wanted is because I wanted free discs. Everybody yeah. wants free discs, especially yeah. if you're like under 18. You know, it's just freaking more things that you can collect and you know mm-hmm. talk about. But uh, yeah, so it starts all everybody's contract always starts as free discs, and then you know, then once you throw their discs, they see how good you are. If you can dig it, then you know they might help you out. They might make you like a signature stamp. That's what they did last year. 
And then this year they finally realized, like, you know, you're a better player. Let's start to, you know, give you a little salary. Right. And, and more endorsements and stuff like that. Right yeah. now, because disc golf is so, not so much fluky, but, like, I would say some things are just through the roof popularity and other things are just, like, the norm. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of endorsement uh, deals. So it's, like, you know, if you perform well and get your name this many people then like if you get this many people to buy your disc right. then we'll do that for like you. they're not going to pay somebody who's not going to bring them right exactly so they so they kind of test the waters and be like you can get paid when all these people buy your discs but if you have a big fan base all the people buy your disc they see the value in you as a player right so like i have right right now because of the whole like uh you know lack of stock yeah, I, I have issues getting just discs with my stamp on them. I have people come up to me every day asking, hey, do you have discs for sale? Of course, I wish I did, but it's just a matter of, you know, there's a higher priority as far as, like, you know, there's people that got much deeper pockets that they got us please first yeah. than, than, than me. I mean, right. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm still, I'm still, like, you know, growing my roots here, trying to settle in, like, deep in the company. Yeah, I feel like you're doing well, though, especially yeah. with, like, like we were kind of talking yesterday with like the social media type stuff yep. and like the YouTube. I feel like your YouTube like popped off. Like fast. yeah, it was kind of out of nowhere. Like I just got bored in COVID and like I threw a little I threw a little flip shot in in like my slippers and my pajamas and I like post on my YouTube and then like you know people like saw it and I was like oh okay so then I uh, I ended up doing just like a little practice round video just like at my ho- at my house course and like just for fun you know I just wanted to try it because I had been alongside Simon making his videos, but I'd never tried it on my own. And I'm like, you know, I've had a couple people say like, Hey, you should try and do your own. And I was like, okay, like maybe. And, uh, and then I ended up posting that like, you know, nothing big, but then I posted it in the bag video. And next thing I know, I have like 5,000 subscribers. Yeah. And I was like, huh, okay. dude, disc golfers love those in the bags. Yeah. I remember when I was in like middle school, like you could go watch like Nate Doss in the bag. Yeah. Like, yeah. All yeah. the OGs. Like that was the best video you could get. Yeah. I mean like in the bags are kind of like, that's your moment to bond with the player as a fan because yeah. like some discs are the exact disc exact stamp and you're like i have his disc yeah. you know what i mean so i think that's kind of like a cool thing i also for- i've always thought it's funny though too because when you watch it in a bag most guys are throwing the same bag yeah like you of course. you simon oh, yeah. eagle yeah yeah colton like they're not probably like the same throw, colors and no, the same but, like, but they're all the same you're throwing the same discs At all of us, because yeah. they're the best discs that we, the company makes i think every player has like maybe one or two molds that aren't similar to the next guy but like if you're sponsored by the same disc manufacturer everybody knows what the good discs are yeah. and everybody who throws powerful needs to throw the good yeah. discs. you know what i mean so it's just like it's it's kind of seamless it's just like oh do you throw the green one or do you throw the blue one you know right. what i mean like yeah i always think it's funny because i'm like you guys like people like a couple of years ago when Paul's disc discraft in the bag yeah. came out, everyone was losing their mind. I'm like, what do you think he's gonna gonna throw? At the time, <laughs> Discraft had like seven good discs. Let's be yeah. real. He was, they didn't have anything good other like, than like it was buzzes. force buzz. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, what do you think he's gonna be throwing? Yeah. We already know. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, the whole video was probably just like him being like, Yeah, I'm throwing this for now, but then I'm just gonna make a disc that's gonna replace Literally. It. Like, <laughs> now he just made every disc that's in his bag. Yep. But yeah, easy enough. Yeah, that's funny. There is, so is there a shortage for like all companies right now? Um, or is it like so certain... I think it's just it, it depends on the size. So like so yes, essentially because the companies that have the more the most machines can't get enough employees, and the companies that don't have that many machines, their machines can't print enough yeah. to sell. You know what I mean? So it's like 
the ones that have the capability of doing it, like they had trouble finding people who wanted to work. Yeah. And the ones who just are so small and then all of a sudden had this crazy fan base like James Conrad, MVP had to yeah. devote every single one of their machines to making this one, one disc. disc that he threw in. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole factory shut down to make one Plus, disc. Plus, like, the disc golf market right now is so, like... They almost don't make stock discs anymore. No. It's no, no, all no. signature series. Discmania hasn't Disc, made any yeah, stock so, discs. Like, so a company like James Conrad throws in a 300-foot yep. shot to Thai Worlds. Mm-hmm. And every person in the disc golf world, because let's be real, most of the disc golfers in the world are complete fanboys. Yeah. <laughs> which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But they want that disc now. Of course. Even if they've never And they want it. the exact same color. Exactly what exactly. I was saying about the end of the bag. So like... That that disc, say it came out yesterday, is sold out today, and now on eBay for a hundred dollars. <laughs> no doubt, no it's doubt. It's not like I people, have two of them. Yeah, I, I have two of them holding the side. Like I have one, and I just throw it and I, I hit yeah. a pole with it and bent and bent it in half yesterday. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have that yellow and blue one, uh, and I I can't throw it. Yeah. But I was there, yeah. so I'm like, I want one to hold on to forever and one to maybe sell. You know, but I, mean? I find it like crazy because. Like, if you look at, like, maybe, like, the sports card market. Yeah. You're not going to get a sports card that came out yesterday. That, and that's, that, and that, that immediately has value. Like, is yeah. 20 times yeah. the value tomorrow. Yeah. It doesn't happen. No. But disc golf. It's not like a, yeah. It's not like a Joe Burrow rookie card was valuable a year ago. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. Not, but not then you happen. put out a disc yesterday, and today it's selling for 10 times the retail. I'm yeah. just like... And half of these dudes aren't even throwing the disc. Yeah. Half the time they can't so throw that's the a, disc. So that's actually kind of the advantage to the, the trading cards is like what you don't do anything with it other than just hold on to it. Yeah. So like discs is like, you know, everybody's like the sell, throw, keep. I always know? loved getting really like really good collectibles. And then throwing. And then like it. writing my name yeah. on it big and then throwing it just to piss off the collectors. Dude. Um, it's like I shoes. Yeah, wear them. Like. Yeah, I remember. Uh, in yeah, exactly. It's like shoes. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit and look at shoes. Uh, at what is it? The tournament in Kansas, dynamic shuts down like the whole street to have a mm-hmm. big party, and they always do like those like limited releases yeah. that people are literally buying it in line, turning around, posting on Facebook Marketplace. Yep. You know what I mean? Because there's only like you know 200 made. Mm-hmm. We're doing like a a putting competition in the in the whatever middle of the street and this guy's putting with one on the freaking asphalt <laughs> everybody's freaking out that's They're great like, are you kidding me i'm like bro like what are you doing man you're just throwing out 200 bucks i mean yeah but some people like that's what they want to do yeah. like I, that's what i would do <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey some people you know yeah. money is just money it's annoying now though too for like for like me i'm tr- if i want to get a good disc like i can't luckily I'm friends. friends with most yeah. of the pros. That's, so me. It's like, that, that, that's me too. I mean, like when I first got sponsored by Dismania, like I had a big hole like in my bag. Alex gave me like seven discs. Yeah. Nate Perkins gave me a good handful. Like just people and also just fans. Like all they have to do is say, hey, like if you're I'm, like, hey, I'm looking for this. They're like, yo, yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They're like, please. <laughs> yeah. Please take it from me. Yeah. I was lucky because like when Discraft was all popping off and then Terry and Alex. Yeah. Terry. Discraft. Yeah. Terry had a bunch so of stuff. So I got. I basically got to go pick out a bag for free and it's like everyone else has to go drop 30, 40 bucks a piece yep. on all these, yep. and, you know, cause I, I hate paying for this. They haven't yeah. really paid for this. Yeah. That's funny. Cause Terry, uh, 
at the end of the 2018 season, Terry just got like a bunch of his new stamps. And I was like, oh, this Undertaker, you know, I'm kind of interested in it. And he's like, oh, yeah, you should get it. And I was like, oh, like, I'm like, I don't know. Cause like, I, I'm kind of like, you know, I wasn't really like committed to switching away from my bag yet. And, uh, he was like, yeah, like 20 bucks. I'm like, 20 bucks. I'm like, bro, like, I ain't going to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to go in your garage and take them. Yeah. So I was like, oh, if you don't want to charge me money, then I'm definitely not there on this thing. <laughs> yeah, this shit's brutal. Now it's hard for me to buy a disc because I'm just like, uh. my My goal is always just, you know, I don't care about, like, throwing discs into trees or anything like that. Just I just don't want to lose them in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you never know whether I lost like half of my bag and at Vista. Yeah, see, that's why I just couldn't imagine playing there all the time. Like, maybe I'll play there once. I mean, I'd play Vista before I played Fountain Hills just because, like, Vista, like, bad shots go in the water, but Fountain Hills, like, good shots go in the water. You know what I mean? So it's like, whatever. Yeah, that that is true. And that's that's kind of the other thing, though, uh, talking about free discs uh, to, to another company. You know, free disc is another piece of plastic. But in Dismania, the way that our market is, free discs that you're getting from them is just money. You oh, know, they're there that's just that's just a big wad of money. is literally like so like that's there's I think, nothing out there that's good. I feel like all the good stuff mm-hmm. is held on to. Yep, yep. It's impossible. I uh I think that I think that that's actually a huge advantage to being sponsored by Discmania because so much of our stuff is collectible mm-hmm. that I I have a box getting shipped to me for free right now that, you know, they they just released yesterday morning and like I said, you're, they're probably on eBay right now and I have 3 of them for free, you know what I mean? Right. So the important thing is that I have access to get those even if I don't even care about throwing them. I'm still having them allotted right. to me. Like if so, the company is going to release a like a flippy fairway that's not something a pro it's really yeah. designed for ams yeah you still get them i still get them and so. then i can still just sit on it and and it'll never lose value yeah because the older it gets the the more it, it holds its value really exactly unless they just like all the, of a sudden make didn't more. didn't you get like one of those tilts when it first came out and it was going for like 900 dollars? uh no i sold so i sold the prototype tilt i think there was like simon had 10 of them but i was told that there was like 30 of them made uh simon i just bought my van that day so okay. we just we just paid ten thousand dollars in cash and Simon's like, hey, like, like, here's for, you know, help out for the funds. He's like, I bet you could sell it for like 300 bucks. I'm like, 300? I was like, you know, more like 500. Like, I just said that in my head. Just posted it up, had him sign it. You know, it's like a nice display. I took a picture of him holding it so people would be like, oh, look at this. Yeah. Dude, it was at 600 bucks in two minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it only went on. The auction only went on for like 12 hours and it ended at 2100. Yeah. You sold that thing for yep. over... Bro, you, okay. sold, you paid off a, a fifth of your van yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah. Oh, my God. With one piece of plastic. Dude. And then, guess what? This is the kicker. Like, that's crazy. Uh, two weeks later, we go to, or whatever. Two or three weeks later, we go to the Dismania warehouse. We go to, like, the team section, which is, like, reserved for players. And uh, they're like, oh, these green tilts, these are the only ones made, and they're only in the team section. I'm like, oh, I'll grab one. And then I was like, cool, like, just whatever about it. And then my buddy Kyle, we saw him the next week. He's like, dude, I just sold two of these for, like, crazy money. And I was like, okay, like, I'll see what I can do. Post it on the thing. Same guy that bought the other one. 670 bucks or something like that. Bro. So this guy's literally just funding my tour right now. (laughs) Shout out that guy. (laughs) So then, you know, season goes on. I throw the tilt. I, like, you know, I get on, on the Disc Golf Network coverage, throwing it, like, throwing it well, you know, not just throwing it to be an idiot. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I threw it in at Jonesboro, I remember like telling my friends that day. So, I, I mean, I guess I should probably tell the people, but, uh, 
there's just a shot that like the basket's kind of straight on and if you get to the left you just have this wall of trees and i just took the disc and just kind of straight up like i don't even know like roller coaster yeah. like up and over just straight in the bucket and end up getting on sports center but before that it got on sports center i remember just telling my friends like hey you know that whole like yeah, I like I threw it in over the top of the trees, and they were like, everybody was like, "What? That's crazy!" But I didn't really realize it. Like I was just like, "Hey, you know, this is something cool that I did." And then everybody, all of a sudden, now that's what they they kind of know me for. And yeah. uh, the guy that bought the other two tilts, he messaged me. He's like, "Let me know when you want to sell that thing." <laughs> and I was like, "No, like you know, I still throw it in my bag, so like I don't really want to sell it." And then I realized, I'm like, "Well, like you know, they all fly the same." It's like a super overstable uh-huh. disc. Like the most you overstable. probably just get a new yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. And they fly the it's exact do same. The same thing. Then the next week, we're uh, we're at like a, a guy's house, and he's like, "Oh, are you gonna sell that thing?" And I'm like, "No, I don't think so." And he's like, "Well, like, he's like, I don't know. I think you should." And he's like, "I'd probably pay like three thousand bucks for it." And I'm like, "Whoa, okay." I'm like, "Okay, let me consider this whole for sale thing." So I messaged the guy because like the the other guy that I had already bought him. I'm like, "All right, like you wanted it." Like he's like, "Name your price." I was like, all right, two grand. He's like, deal. Like, there it is right there. Bro, what does that guy do? He's I don't know. I don't know. He buys discs. That's three. what he does. He's got a lot of valuables. Oh, man. So here's the craziest thing, though, is that, like, that was the only one that he just bought straight up. The other two, there were other people willing to pay the same price. Like, he was in a bidding war back oh, and forth. Really? It's not like just this random guy that posted this insane bid. Like, it was, it had to climb. Like, you could have had multiple people I, yeah, that paid that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was crazy. Jesus. And, like, you know, it was kind of like the thing where you saw this guy back out at 900 and this guy back out at 1200 And then you just watch two guys go from 1500 all the way up to 2100 Like... If these guys have wives, like <laughs> no, that's what I said. They probably got a divorce. After <laughs> no, I just said, I just said they clearly have wives that do not check their bank statements. No, or they just got tons of money, money. which like probably, probably, but also I know some dudes that are like, I spent my whole paycheck on this last. Yeah, week. I like, know. Like, oh yeah, like like, like the guys that you know. They'll bid on a bunch of discs, and then, the, like, the last one, they're like, oh, no, I over budget. It's like, bro, like, you just spent, like, 300 bucks on this. What's another 20? You know right. what I mean? Like, Jeez, that is the disc golf. I hate it, honestly. Because <laughs> I've been playing for, like, 11 years, I think. Yeah. So when I first started playing, like, there wasn't a collector market really yeah you know, maybe the pros yeah. are looking for like 11 time rocks and of course and avrs and yeah, stuff yeah like the but early 2000s discs but like anything that was hot off the you press know, in the last couple of years was not valuable. you want to know what like the hottest disc back in the day was was when mvp released the ion the seriously f- first ever that was their first ever disc the ion dude me and all my friends went and bought like a stack of them from like the disc golf shop in the cities those things were, were those like, like the ones with the sparkles or whatever. Like I think like certain ones like they were the yeah, first run. I think so. Like yeah. they were like obviously MVP has like the base plastics now, yeah. but that was when it was like only yes, champion. Like, they're yeah. like champion blend basically. <laughs> and dude, like everybody was putting those. Holy things. One of the crap. best. Like at the time, definitely one of the best throwing putters. Okay, they were very. Like, I used to throw one. Yeah, I used to throw were, one with a Boston Bruins. Dime. Yeah, so they were like very torque resistant, so you could just crush on them. And they went and they had the rounded so inside yeah, of the it rim. Was like, wasn't a straight; it was rounded off. <laughs> so weird, classic disc. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So th- I remember those being like one of the first ones where people were like, "Oh, damn, you got a, you got yeah, that." I, I remember when the nuke came out. Also, really yeah, okay. Dude. Yeah, see, that's that, before my time. Yeah, when did you start playing? 2012. 2012. And, but but like 2012. 
I played for like a month with one disc, knew nothing, and then I didn't play again until 2014. Okay. And that's when like my pro shop opened up by my home course, so then I got to like, I got to see other discs that weren't, wouldn't be at Dick Sporting Goods, you know what right, I mean? Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, but like, you know, even if a disc was collectible, like, and I was looking out on the shelf, I had no idea. I remember they got the um, Nate Doss Sports Center Forces. Oh, yeah. But like, they I sat on the that. shelf. So like, did I think that they were collectible? Absolutely not. Right. You know what I mean? Was that like the first shot on Sports? No, Center, I think it was, was the second. Second one. Yeah, but it was like an ace. He three, aced hole like one at Fountain Hills, three hundred eighty feet over water yep. or something. Yep. Yeah, so I was. Just, I remember that. That was like yeah. insane. Um, what is it, when your shot gets on Sports Center, is there any like? Do they? They just ask you permission, and no, they, they don't. Get even, it. They didn't they ask just me permission. Take it. Yeah, I had friends sending me pictures on Snapchat of the Sports Center. Snapchat I, they probably story. have the message. Just called Pro Tour, whoever. To use that, like Gatekeeper yeah. or whatever, to yeah. use their coverage, probably. Yeah. That's funny. And, like, yeah, and Gatekeeper obviously was posting it being like our first shot ever on Sports Center. You know what I mean? So, like, right. but, uh, but yeah, so I was just like the Snapchat thing. So people were able to, like, send oh, the yeah, story. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And they sent the story to me, like, in my direct message. Like, yo, like, that's actually wild that, like, you. you open Snap and you go to, like, basically under your stories, yeah. has all the, the news that, like, you were, you were on there. Yeah. I had some fitness like comedy skits I okay. have done. They've okay. been on there too. That's pretty funny. All right, <laughs> not Sports Center, but like those other ones. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Damn. Though. Yeah, I don't. I don't usually dive too deep in that. So if people, you know, just say people didn't go on that, I probably would never. Saw yeah, that. I didn't know. Like I always accidentally click on them. Yeah, that's exactly. The only time I'll ever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I accidentally click on them, and then it's like something about freaking. I don't know some celebrity that I don't yeah. care about. Yeah, pretty much. So you started playing. When did you start taking it serious? Uh, 2015, I like played like a couple tournaments, played leagues, you know, mm -hmm. obviously like at this point, like I had like a backpack bag, you know, yeah. multiple discs and, uh, 2016 was when I got my PDJ and like, I started to make friends and since I was 16, I couldn't drive. And so I just went to any tournament my friends could drive me to. Yeah. Like I'd see my friends, uh, sign up for a tournament and I'd be like, Hey, if I, if I sign up, can you drive me? And they'd be like, yeah. So I'd sign up. I didn't care where it was. Isn't it funny how I assume like it was the same for you, but, like, as a disc golfer, like, as a kid or, like, before you get your license, you're, like, going to tournaments with, like, 40-year-old dudes. Yeah, <laughs> no, when I was when I was 16 years old, my best friends were 24 and 35. Yeah. Yep. And it's, I and my friend Ben was 35. I used to drive to his house after work on, like, Friday nights, and we used to play Xbox for hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so, like, we had my buddy Ethan from back home, who's a big disc golfer, too, on, and we were all reminiscing about, like, our home course yep. and how it was like the first time we saw someone smoke weed the yeah, first yeah, time yeah. we like you okay. see all this crazy yeah. shit you're like 14 so so i only had <laughs> one kid that played that was my age so like when we first started like i tried to introduce my friends but they were never like asking me to play it was always me bringing them along you know mm -hmm. and uh but my friend steven i used to play like baseball with him but like never connected with him I saw, like, he posted a picture of him at the disc golf course. And I, like, immediately, you know, we were, like, yeah. we became, like, close friends because it was, like, we're both the same age. I don't know any of the kids our age. We're, we're tired of hanging out with 40-year-old guys. Mm -hmm. You know, let's play some rounds. And we, we went out, like, every weekend. You know, we'd get rides and stuff like that. And, uh, and I remember uh, one time this guy comes running through the course. He's, like... I lost my jar of weed. I think like, he's like, if you guys took it, like, I don't even care. You can keep all the weed. I just want the jar. <laughs> Must've been a nice jar. And then exactly. We're like, you know, we're 14 and we're just like, and my friend Steven's like, you know, if we go find that jar, <laughs> but I was like, bro, like, 
there's no way I'm going searching through this entire freaking right. course for this guy's little jar thing. And then whatever, like, but that was the first time that I was like, huh, like, okay. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just 14 Like, years so old. many firsts on the disc golf yeah. course, honestly. Like, I remember the first time we found somebody's el- somebody else's disc without bro, a name on it. back, that's like gold. Gold mine back then. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first one I ever found, I thought it was a Bud Light can. Oh, and then like, I came out with like, reflection. He's like, oh my, I'm like, oh my God, it's a disc and it's got no name on it, bro. It was a Lightning MX1. Oh, do you know what that even is? I do because our <laughs> local sports shop like had the full Lightning lineup. And it, you know, they don't <laughs> have premium. Like, they don't have premium plastic. No, so like, I was just like, this is crazy. And it, I hated the disc when I started throwing it because it was so ugly and like it was just like cheap plastic. But it flew the farthest, and I had no explanation for it. It's because I was twelve or whatever. Because your arm speed and actually I couldn't could throw handle up. the other disc yeah. I was throwing. I could handle this one, so I like. I was like, yeah, this one goes far, but like, I don't like it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I feel like that's how I was back in the day. Like, if a disc was like ugly, oh. you're like, nah. nah. <laughs> like I remember the first time my dad and I went and bought a disc. He got a DX Beast, which is you know like eight ninety nine. <laughs> I got a Champion Blue one, and he's like, hey, how come yours is three dollars more expensive? And I'm like, I don't know. I just picked the one I liked. Mm. Mm-hmm. I remember back at our local shop, like if you wanted like a champion disc, they were like twenty five, dude. I was like, that's nowadays. Yeah, yeah. but I'm like, um, my friend's uh, my friend Jesse, his first disc was a champ ape. Oh, <laughs> for non disc golfers out there, it's basically like if you've ever thrown a frisbee. This one just goes very hard left. Like, you, <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna not have fun. Basically, <laughs> man, it'd be like. It'd be like throwing a freaking flat football with no air. You yeah, know what I mean? like, basically the, that's the equivalent. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not even existent. Damn. So when did you? When did you? Like, did you? Did you like go up the ranks? You play like intermediate. Yeah, advanced, I started in intermediate just like, because like I played like C pool and league and like you know wasn't too confident. I had heard from people like oh you know you're better you're better than that but i didn't know i was better because i just saw the scores i was shooting i'm like everybody beats me you know what i mean so i played intermediate first tournament played terrible well this is after i got my pdj so like the first couple tournaments i played i actually didn't even know what i was doing so the first one i played was on my home course it was wreck you know just entry level yeah sucked uh the second one i played i didn't know it but it was am one only so like i went from rec to a full am field you yeah. know like all the best ams in the yeah. in the area but i was just like it was one of those scenarios where my buddy Corey said he'd drive me so i was just like yeah i'll sign up and uh then once i got my pdj i kind of understood like okay i i should play intermediate you know didn't play well to start and then the next tournament uh i actually got like guilted into playing am one that I ended up playing, and I almost won the tournament. Oh, I actually yeah. had, like, a putt to tie for a playoff, like, to push playoff on the Holy Team. Completely shanked it, you know? <laughs> like, it was my first opportunity to, like, be in the lead of a tournament. And so, like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, this is it. Yeah. And I just completely shanked it. I think I missed the comeback. Dude, that was, like, my too. first few advanced tournaments. Yeah. I'd always be on lead card, second round, and then just shit the bed. Yeah, so that was, like, <laughs> that was just kind of like, uh, okay, there is some potential here. And then the year went on. I ended up winning one finally at the end, like, right as, like in September. And then the next year, like, I couldn't miss a top three. Damn. Like, I, I mean, still just an am. Yeah. But, like, first tournament, I got, like, I don't know, probably, like, fifth. Then I got, like, third. And then I went, like, first, 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 third, first, first. So Damn. it was just like, but I was 17, so I was like, you know, like, I, I feel like I still am an am. But, like, you know, these guys, you know, the best players in the state were so much better than me still. Yeah. Like, I would win an am but lose to pro by 20. Right. So I'm like, I'm where I belong, you know. Yeah. But then 
the final time I I played Am, I was in uh, I was in Maine and I won. I was like losing by like four, and I won without a playoff from like the third card. I was in like twelfth place. Damn, and I just took first, straight up. Yeah. Damn. And so I was like, okay, you know, I should try and play pro, but. Yeah, so then uh, just a couple weeks later, my dad and I were headed to Illinois to play in the Junior World Championships, and I had never traveled anywhere for disc golf besides, like, Maine, which is, like, I know. From here, it's, like, to Tucson, you know what I mean? Like, it's nothing. Uh, And I I went to Junior Worlds and played good. I got third, and I was like, hey, you know, like... Is Junior Worlds all by every age? There's a... uh, a Yeah, so I played 18 and under, and then it goes 15 and under, 12 and under, 10, 8, 6. Yeah, and... uh, and I, I was eligible, so, like, I told my dad I wanted to go, so we went. And, uh, yeah, and I ended up getting third place. I was in the lead. Like, I definitely could have won that tournament. I was in the lead overnight, like, after the third round, like, halfway through the tournament. And, then, you know, I was, like, king of the world. And then I got third, and I still felt like king of the world. Like, it was the best week of my life. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, you know, now I can make money. Like, so I, I went back, and I made money right away. I started playing pro, and I started started cashing. And from there, I just... You know, the question and when was been, that like 27? That was the end of 2017, okay. yeah. So that was summer 2017, and then uh, that was actually it was at that tournament that I met Castro at Junior Worlds, okay. Then he comes to play Maple Hill, we kind of are friendly. I was like, at that time, I was like over the top fanboy of Alex Geisinger, yeah. So I was like in his Instagram, <laughs> I was in his Facebook Messenger, like talking to him, you know. Alex at the time yeah. was probably like. God, this fucking kid. Alex this. was, yeah, dude, Alex threw a freaking disc a mile. Like, yeah. he was king. He came to Maple Hill. I mean, that's how I was, like, from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Is like, you see, like, for me, it was, like, you see Kale or yeah. Alex doing well. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. And then, as a, like, I was always, like, the farthest thrower in, like, okay. my area. Sure. So, like, watching Alex be, like, the farthest thrower in Minnesota, you're like, oh, hell yeah. Like, that's yeah. badass, you know? Yeah, and, uh, and so the thing was, was uh, I, you know, it would just, like, I don't know. I just want to be friends with him, you know? Yeah. So, and then Castro from Minnesota, he, like, I met him and then I was like, Oh, like Castro, like, like, you know, I'm going to get your Snapchat. So like, we'd start like snapping and then like he, whatever, something, somehow I ended up with Alex's Snapchat as well. And that's when that group chat whole happened. And that's when I started traveling to play pro. Like I flew to Illinois to play in the rumble, like to meet up with like, that's where I met Colin. Yeah. That's where I met Meg and, uh, and Terry as well. And uh, then we, we, I went to the Majestic in that June. So this is June 2018, me and my buddy Marky Chap. And that was the first time that I ever, like, got on a plane and made money. Damn. So I was like, okay. Like, you know, I just traveled to play pro, made money. Like, good weekend. Hell yeah. And then I just kind of kept rolling from there. Damn. I feel like that's <laughs> young disc golfers out there. If you're actually good, be real with yourself. Just befriend the pros and somehow you'll get in the door. And <laughs> yeah, I know, for real. Like, like when I moved it. to the cities, I just like, I think I hit up Terry and I was like, hey, you want to like play? Yeah. I think I had maybe met him one time, like just said, what's up? At, like, See, I thought you guys met through your job. No, they like got me the job like gotcha. later on. Okay. Cool. I didn't know Alex though until I started working there. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So I knew Terry, like me and Terry had played like a couple rounds. Yeah. I moved to the cities because that I didn't even know you disc golfed at first, and like yeah. they were just like, "Oh yeah, like you know, Broderick, blah blah." And like send Snapchats of you just sitting there or whatever. And I was, and then like, "Oh crap, he's a disc golfer too." Like yeah. I thought that you literally just worked with him. Yeah, no. And then we, yeah, we had the whole squad just <laughs> working out the same same place. Dead and then animal we, hauler, the dead animal hauler. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd be on like a group like group phone the, call. The every freaking day. Uh, was the hotline. The, the, the hotline, hotline, yeah. Literally every single day for like a year, we'd all go to work. Everyone had like driving jobs. 
So yep. we'd all get on like a three, four-way call and just be on the phone the yep. entire time. Yeah. I mean, now that I drive across country, like I totally get it. Like podcasts are great for passing the time, but phone calls, they're they're phone interactive. Calls, you know what I mean? It's like two hours, boom. Oh, gone. yeah, absolutely. Whereas music, you like count the songs. Oh, for like, sure. Oh, for minutes, sure. Three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you need to pass some time on a drive, call your friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. At this point, with how much driving I've done, I feel like if I were to get, like, a normal job, that'd be, like, the drive job I'd have to get, you, you know, because I'm like, so used to driving. Yeah. Literally go get a delivery job where exactly. you drive a spin- Sprinter van. Yeah, exactly. Sprinter van. <laughs> exactly what I do. Yeah. I got good at driving a Sprinter van. I, at the point where, because okay. I would, I had delivered through, like, the cities and stuff, through, like, alleys and one-ways and all that. Yeah. So I was, like, better at driving a Sprinter van with, like, no back windows than, like, my car. At, yeah, at for, sure, for sure. I could just whip that thing. So, like, I used to be really intimidated when I was younger. I, I always worked for my dad doing plumbing. And, you know, every once in a while, he'd be like, hey, can you move my truck? And, you know, he's just got this huge freaking Silverado. Yep. And I drove a Forester. So this Silverado was, like, you know, it's a little out of my league. And uh, I, I would get the job done, but I would never, ever, like, be like, like, if I was in a pinch, I'd never be like, hey, Dad, can I borrow your truck? Yeah. You know, I never wanted to drive, but I could. I was capable. And uh, then I got the van. And then, like, this past fall, like, I just didn't want to take the van somewhere. My dad was like, hey, you can take my truck if you want. And I was like, okay. Um, I, I, like, called him. And so, like, I don't know, like, this thing's a piece of cake. You know what I mean? I used to think this is so terrible. But now with the Sprinter van, you know, no back windows, anything, yeah. just all mirrors. You kind of, like, remember that your dimensions, like, how kind of how it turns yeah. and where you can fit yeah like, although that is that is definitely the thing that got me with the truck from the sprinter van is i have way better turning radius yeah yeah definitely crazy definitely my, my forester used to just be a little race car you know those little cars yeah. that just freaking whip yeah so you what how old are you i'm 21 21 now yeah. so you graduated what like three 18 years? 18. Yeah, so when I went to that trip to minnesota it was right after i graduated okay yeah and then you worked for your dad yeah plumbing yep was that your plan to like kind of just like family yeah, business? Yeah, I was like, going to ride it out. Like I knew I liked disc golfing and that was the best way for me to keep disc golfing. So I had no interest in changing. I that. suppose because you, I'm sure your dad was like, oh, yeah, he wanted go, me to, he wanted me play. to do whatever I could. So he wanted me to travel. He plumbing, wanted me to you make good money yep. and then you can go. Well, leave. actually I didn't make good money. I just made enough money to keep going. <laughs> but the thing was that I, ma- I kept making money on the weekend. Yeah. So I basically worked seven days a week, Right. just two days of the week. I, I enjoyed. Right. And like, I would leave work early to go to play league because I would make money. Mm-hmm. So like Monday and Wednesday, every Monday, Wednesday at three 30, I'd be like, dad got to go. And yep. he'd be like, yep, go ahead and like pack up your tools. It's cool. And like my, uh, my stepdad always wanted me to work for another plumbing company because he's like, you could make triple the amount of money. You know, you're going to learn what it's like to work for a real employer that doesn't, you know, let you sleep in till 10 o'clock and then say, all right, dad, I'm ready to go to work. Yeah. But I was like, but if I do that, then I literally don't disc golf at all. I'm like, that sounds right. terrible. Yeah. Like, I'd rather keep making minimum wage. Even though it's underpaid, I'm getting to do what I want to do and live the life I want to yeah. live. So I'm like, why would I change this? And then once I started traveling and making some more money at tournaments and stuff, like, it just kind of became like, oh, yeah, why would he do anything else? Yeah. Like, from my parents' perspective. Is that So how was that transition to, like, where you finally, like, quit doing that? And then, well, it was snap of fingers with COVID. Yeah, it was COVID. Okay. When uh when COVID first hit, my mom has like uh, which what is she? She's like uh, immune compromised. Okay. So like you know with the big first scare of like everybody stay home, you know mm-hmm. it was like okay I shouldn't do anything but literally stay in my house. Like don't go to the grocery store, don't go to the gas station, you know. So I just stayed home. Yeah. And uh, and over time, like my dad kept working, but you know I don't live with my dad, so he would just be like you know like this is kind of what's going on, and like when do you think you can come back to work? And I was like I don't know. 
Simon and I just started busting out a bunch of YouTube videos. It ended up doing so well that he ended up paying me per video. Like, I was on, like, a small... Like, that was my job, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I didn't really need to go to work. And uh, and then we left for tour, and I made money on tour, won a tournament in Minnesota, and then from then on, I was like, there's nothing else that I should do. Right. Yeah. Like, if I've already, if I've already made it this far, like, if I were to go back to the... So, that was, like, last season, That was right? 2020, yep. Okay, so, yeah, like so that was two, July 2020. So so how it went was Simon and I planned to go on tour for the first two events, Kansas and um, Preserve in Minnesota. When we were in Minnesota, Simon's like, hey, you should stay on tour. And I'm like, you know what? You're right, because if I go home, I can't make money. Right. If I stay on tour, I can make money. He's like, just find somebody you can ride with. And like, he's like, uh, whatever, like the Patreon will can sponsor a couple of your uh, – Entry fees. I'm like, oh, sweet. So I, I hit up Terry because Terry at the end of 2019 was like, hey, I want to go on tour. Remember? Yeah. Like Terry was asking you, like, yeah. like you know, get good. I wanted to, but then I yeah. sucked. So yeah. He's like, yo, coach, <laughs> you got to get good so we can go on tour. And he went to me. He's like, yo, I really want somebody to tour with. And I'm like, dude, I just can't commit to that. Soon as I, as soon as Simon said that to me, I'm like, Terry still has nobody to tour with. I hit him up. He's like, dude, I'll pick you up at 9 a.m. You know what I mean? And we drove to Wisconsin and we played Silver Cup. And then the next weekend, I won that tournament in Minnesota. What tournament was the it? The Twin Town. Twin oh, Town. Twin Town. Yep. Yeah. So, I feel like when you got one of the best players in the world being like, yeah, you should probably do this. You're probably like, ah, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I didn't really hesitate that much because, like, the only reason I never did dive in was always just the what if. You right. Know what I mean, so, like, hearing Simon say, like, you know, you should do this, it was like, okay, like, it wasn't the what if I, you know, what if I don't cash or what if I need to go home? It was like, what if I freaking do crazy good? Right. You know what I mean? Like, that'd be sick. And uh, and I ended up going home at the end of July, you know, but feeling good. Like, I just won a tournament. So I'm like, you know, but I was I was home for a couple of weeks playing a couple of tournaments in New England. And then I, I won an A tier in, in August. So it was like, you know, every everything after that point just kind of, you know, just flowed. And I was just kind of riding the wave. Like, I, I didn't feel like my life was in control of me. I didn't feel like I was in control of my life. I was literally just waking up each day with knowing what tournament I was going to play that weekend. And yeah. I just kind of kept going. So kind of like from that start of like going with Simon, yep. has it just been like a steady incline almost the entire yeah, time? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Like, like I don't see i've never really been like oh wow you're worse you know what i mean yeah. like like it, it's it's definitely been a steady incline i never never felt like i was worse like obviously everybody has bad days you know where everything's mm -hmm. off but it's not like i didn't think i could go out the next day and perform just fine but uh yeah like just for the most part like the more my lifestyle developed into that full-time disc golf the more i got to play so the more i got to stay sharp and mm -hmm. like you know i wasn't worried about five time five five days a week working and stuff like that or like getting out of work with enough time to play or being in Massachusetts in crappy weather, you know what I mean? Yeah. Through the winter. So it just kind of all has, it's just slowly improving constantly. What's it like? What was it like to be like 19 years old and like basically living on the road? Um, being like that young? So I just had a really good like chain of friends. You know what I mean? Like I had Terry and it was like, okay, if Terry can't hook me up, I got Castro. And mm -hmm. if Castro can't hook me up, then I got, you know, this guy. And then, like, you know, so it's just, like, always having the backup plan for the backup plan. Mm -hmm. But usually, you know, my friends helped me out, and we were able to work it out, like, to the point that I didn't need to scramble. I know I did scramble one time, and it was – I was 19. And it was um, the beginning of the 2020 season here in Scottsdale. I was in L.A., and our buddy uh, 
who lives in town here had told me the year before, like, oh, hey, you can stay when you come to the memorial. And then I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm still good to stay with you. It's like, oh, no, dude, we don't have room for you. And I'm like, you kidding me? Like, I've been planning for the last six months of me staying here. I'm like, okay, whatever. Then I like tell, like, my, my buddies, and they're like, oh, like, they're the ones staying with him. They're like, oh, yeah. I don't know why he told you you couldn't stay there. I'm like, shit. So now I got to find a different place to stay. I'm reaching out to, like, the Macbeths because I'm like, you know, they definitely have some connections in the area. I'm reaching out to other people, and I'm reaching out to Seppo. And, you know, like, everybody's just, like, you're, like, oh, bummer. But it's not like they're, like, oh, let me call somebody, yeah. you know? Like, and I wouldn't expect them to. Like, if somebody were to tell me, I'd be, like, oh, dude, that sucks. Like, that, yeah, you don't deserve that. But I'm not going to be their freaking, like, their savior. So, right. like, it's whatever. I got what I expected. And then Simon was staying with this family. And he was, like, yeah, like, like I guess I could ask. And I'm, like, oh, I mean, I'm kind of out of options here. And, like, it was, this, it was this crazy turn of events where, like, I had to have Seppo dropped me off at this hotel in Scottsdale and it was with like my buddy Tim. And then I went to the course that day, like I walked or something, but I had to leave my luggage at the hotel. And then I had to like have Simon pick me up at the course and drive me back to the hotel to get the luggage before they checked out of the room. And it was like, it was just a crazy, like you're just like stranded in Scottsdale. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, well, I hope I figure this yep, out. Today. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just dropped off in the middle of the night at this hotel that I slept on the floor. <laughs> and yeah, and like that was it. And and Damn. it's only gotten easier since then. Yeah. Well, now you got the van. So yeah, like, yeah. And that's the other thing is like ever since, because my first couple of years of touring were always flights. Mm-hmm. I'd get on a plane. I'd start in one city, play a couple of events, fly out of a city, maybe, you know, three states away. Now I'm finally in my own vehicle. So, like, before, I was always in a freaking backseat of somebody's car, and we were going wherever they wanted to go. Yeah. Not where I wanted to go, wherever they wanted to go. So, if it was time to, you know, go home from the course, it was time to go home from the course. If we weren't practicing that day, like, yeah. shit out of luck. So, it, as soon as now that I'm in my own freaking car, my own vehicle, doing whatever I want on my own time, like, nothing can compare. Like, even touring with Terry and Simon was great because they let me take their car. So, like, Simon, you know, yeah. we were in Minnesota, and my buddies, uh, Marcus and Colin, were like, yeah, we should meet up and, like, get dinner. Simon's like, yeah, you can take my car. Like, Simon drives a freaking S5, bro. Like, that's, like, that's a straight-up <laughs> race car. And he's just like, yeah, take my car. And I'm like, dude, like, this is like this is so nice. Hell, yeah. that's I feel like the disc golf, like, community, that's, like, how you know, most people yeah, are. Yeah, and Terry was the same thing, you know. Yeah. He was I mean, like, Terry just doesn't give a shit about anything. But Terry, <laughs> but Terry, like, said it straight up. Like, he didn't even, like, it didn't even have to come to the point, like, before I even needed it, he was just like, hey, man, car's our car. You know, yeah. you use it whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. And I did. So how I, how is the, like, van life experience perfect. been? It's great. You know, I just sleep wherever I want. I can see as many friends as I want. How's, I can, how's like, your build out? What do you, you got? So like I've got, uh, the only thing I'm missing is a sink, really. Okay. Uh, but I think that that's kind of the least important thing out of the necessities. So I have solar. You know, I've got full electricity. I've got a fridge. I've got a full shelf of bed. I've got a full uh, rack of discs, you know, all my backups. Good shelving for clothes, good shelving for, like, extra storage, like like um, shipping for discs and stuff like that, pots and pans and food. Obviously, I have, like, a – we actually ripped out the cabinet in my dad's kitchen that was above the fridge and just and screwed it on the screwed wall. Screwed it on. Yeah, so I got the <laughs> cabinet. It's got all, like, my supplements in it, like my protein and stuff like that. And uh, and then the other half is just, like, you know, just, just food and stuff, but – it's yeah. it's definitely unique. There's a lot of people that have like much more complex, much more efficient builds. But like 
I did it all like we did it all ourselves. Like we didn't go off a of rubric. We didn't try and like mimic anything. We we're just like, hey, this works. I feel like as long as you're like, you got the freedom, you got a bed, and you're making money. Content. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it just it's just know, a matter of being like content. A fridge. <laughs> like like there's nothing right now that I'm like, oh damn, I wish I had that. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like rolling with it. The only thing that does suck right now is my side door is broken. Our dog like chewed the cord. Oh shit. And I can't open my side door and it's it's actually a nightmare. Like like it's like it's like as if every single time you came into your freaking house, you had to freaking walk around to the back so <laughs> yeah, back like door. climb in the back yeah, window. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It's so bad. Like my front door of my house is freaking locked shut. But it's better than when it started because at first when it happened, we realized like, oh shit, like we can't freaking uh lock it. That's what that's what the problem was. We we open it and we're like holy crap, why is this door unlocked? And then we're like, oh my God, it's all broken because she chewed it. And uh, and then I finicked with it a bunch, so then it became permanently locked. And we're like, okay, good. Now it's secure. It's like, we'll figure yeah. out another day. But now it's like, okay, I think I'd rather it be permanently unlocked. And then I could like manufacture a way to like tie the door shut if somebody were to try and open it. Right. You know what I mean? So like, uh, it kind of sucks. And I, I think I have a way of doing it, but I need like some some more tools that I just don't bring with me. I have a toolbox, but it's like it's it's minimum. You have know you had I mean? the van break down at all or anything? Or yeah, it, yeah, we broke down in the middle of Ohio. We uh we had just gotten COVID, so we had to wait extra extra time before driving to Massachusetts. My favorite week of the year to play in my hometown Pro Tour, and uh, all my friends are already at my house, and I'm not there yet. Is that? Was that like the COVID season where they were super strict on? Um, those no, tournaments this was twenty twenty one. This okay. is twenty twenty one. So this is this was six months ago. Okay. And uh, my girlfriend and I were driving from Minnesota to Massachusetts, and we decided for this trip for the first time all year we were going to take the van and her Jeep. So we were going to have two vehicles because she could do whatever she wanted while I took the van. You know, it was going to be great. Then we get to we drove like all the way as far as we could into the night into like Indiana. And then we started driving in the morning and we were like midway through Ohio and I see this like red thing come up on the dash, call her. And I'm like, Hey, can you call your dad? Say, cause her dad's like a mechanic and say, Hey, this is what's going on. He's like, yeah, pull over. It means your battery's not charging. I'm like, okay, you know, pull over at, uh, we pulled over like at an advanced auto parts and, uh, they're like, yeah, they can, he said like they can test your battery. And he said, oh, the alternator's not uh, oh. charging. So like, okay, he looks up an alternator. He's like, yeah, you can go to drive to this location. So we take her Jeep, drive, get the alternator, come back. Alyssa, my girlfriend, replaced the whole thing herself. Damn. Like she, she was freaking greased up, you know, <laughs> elbow deep, Shit. face, everything, replaces it. And then we freaking realized it wasn't the alternator that was the problem. Damn. So it's already like 8 p.m. The guy in the the guy in the auto parts is like, dude, like he's like, I feel so bad for you guys, but like I got lock up. Like I'm like, yeah. no, dude, like you're good. She ends up like finagling her way into the thing to try and loosen this pulley so that she can get it around. Got it around, and we just took off to Massachusetts. Never <laughs> looking back. You know, we're not letting anything stop us. And we made it. And then we had to take it to the dealership there and, and get it dealt with. But, like, we just kept telling everybody, like, she was, she just kept saying, she's like, if I wasn't there, like, he'd still be in Ohio. And I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> I like, don't know. wrong. Yeah. That's funny. But it was, it was extra urgent because we were already coming in late because we had COVID. So we were, like, pushed off all the way until Monday until we could be clear. So then it was like, you know, tournament starts Friday. We're starting on Monday. We're like, 
Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm like, oh my God, I'm only going to have one day to practice now. And I ended up playing like ass the first day, <laughs> but like, whatever, like I ended up playing decent enough, but it definitely showed like that. So yeah, the one time we break down the next round is my worst round. Like it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Have you had any like crazy stories or like scary shit happen? Uh, yeah. We had a guy come and knock on our door in the middle of Vegas, uh, like tell us tell us we couldn't be in the parking lot and it was like 5 a.m oh, but it's course. just vegas so it's a bunch of, bunch of casinos so we literally pulled out of the casino went over to the next one and slept for the rest of our yeah. three hours and then went to the course like it was it was kind of pointless but it was kind of funny uh just this guy with a funny accent coming telling us we can't sleep in the parking lot uh but the other one it would be to, it, ha it had to have been my mistake we were in san jose this is bat last may and uh, nothing happened, but we woke up in the morning to our dog growling. And she growls at noises, but, like, she could hear everything. I'm like, why can she hear everything? And I'm like, she's like, can you get up and, like, check if somebody's outside? And I get up. Our freaking door is open, dude. <laughs> like, our passenger door is wide open. Like, we're parked, barrel parked, our door is just open. Damn. And I'm like... Well, I know why, because our doors, she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, and I, like, I shut it. I, like, kind of look around at everything. Nothing was stolen, you know what I mean? Like, everything's good. I'm like, okay, like, lock it. You know, we just kind of, I get back in bed, and I'm like, you know, I think I'm glad that it was open and not just, like, slightly open, because, like, nobody's going to feel safe enough to approach a wide open door, but an unlocked door or like a cracked door, yeah. you know, they'd be like, Oh, what's going on in there? So like literally, and I think what it was, was like, it was at night, like the previous night I dropped something down in like the step. And the only way you can get to the step is by opening the door. So I must've just opened it, grabbed the thing and, and just turned around. So you just slept the whole we night. We just slept the whole night open. with the door open. So like, I would say that was probably like the only like craziest thing, but nothing happened, but like potential for crazy. Yeah. One time, one time when I was sleeping in my car in, in Maryland. When you were driving? Yeah, yeah, in this Walmart parking lot. Like, I woke up and my mirrors were all turned in. And I was like, ah, that's... Because yeah, I, I was, like, literally just in my car, like, seat laid yep. back. Yep. And I would, like, hang a couple towels around yep. to, like, block the lights. But you could see in everything, you yeah. know? And I wake up and, like, the mirrors oh are my. completely pushed <laughs> in. And I'm like, somebody, that means somebody definitely, somebody like, came up and just, like, and, did it. And, and I was like, your, that's yeah. fucking creepy. That is a little weird, yeah. But I was, luckily, I had, like, this big-ass crowbar thing with me, like, the whole time. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I, I was like. That's hey, what I, I've know? told some people about that. And my, my friend was like, like. I got I got a whatever a nine millimeter you can borrow and I'm like yeah but then I gotta like take it in between all these different states like I'm like I'm not staying in one place where all laws are same I'm going yeah. to a different place every that's week. the one shitty thing about like concealed carry is it's all different <sighs> through every yeah. state and then not like I'm know. like wow I really need it but like I could never accept that opportunity because it's just like I think it's a little too risky right going it's like state to state. you you get pulled over cop sees a disc golfer their first you know, sick pothead it'd be like it, yeah they're gonna exactly. search your car it, it, because you're a disc golfer yeah then you have a gun and then it, yeah, yeah and everybody yeah everybody like travels their own way and stuff like that like i know some people who are probably bringing some stuff state to state that they they were really hoping you know they're driving under the speed limit for sure yeah thankfully like in my van like i just kind of drive you know, I drive as fast as I can, but it doesn't go over 70. Right. Like, I'm you pulling a lot really... of weight, and it's a small diesel, yeah. so I go 72 when I'm going downhill. That's it. Yeah. So, like, you know, 
most of the speed limits out here in Arizona are 75. They're not pulling over the guy that's going 67. No. You know, unless I'm like, the wind. Dude, the, in Arizona, everyone's driving 95. That's what so I, that's like, what uh, my friend told me as well. So he's you'll like, be going, it's, speed limit will be 75. You're going 85. The yeah. cop passing you is going 90. Yeah, and you're he like, said, like, the fuck? My friend Adam said, like, uh, he's like, yeah, you can go on your phone all you want. You can go as fast as you want. Like, yeah. I don't know what the phone thing, but. <laughs> he, he said that he said that everybody texts and drives and nobody does anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> Not smart though. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but yeah, dude, the freaking speeds here is like, you just see you're getting passed by cops, and you're just like, okay, so like, if I ever get pulled over for speeding, like, I'm gonna I'm be so pissed yeah. because I'm gonna be like, what do you mean, dude? Like, come on. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I've only been pulled over once, and it wasn't in the van. I just don't think that my van is uh, like you just don't pull over a guy. Your in van probably looks like a work van exactly. because you don't have light, decals light. on it at I'm all. I'm going to get it wrapped though. So that so, might, yeah, could be worse. Could who knows, but yeah, I feel like yeah we won't know until van. we know, but yeah, yeah, the white work van, everybody, like nobody's the only gonna... thing that makes it anything but a work van is the solar panels and the fan on the top. So like, True. that's what I see when I see a blank van. I'm like, Oh, camper van. But yeah. like, that doesn't mean that the general public sees it and thinks that yeah. that's just what I know. Cause I live in. Right. But like, yeah, there's a lot of people who are kind of sketched out about the like putting their stuff on the side of the van because it's literally like, like your Ricky, social Ricky media living is in Scottsdale it, here like, uh, is is he's had his van tried to like be like the door pried open. Oh, really? Yeah, but he doesn't sleep in his van. Right. So like he was just in his apartment or whatever. Yeah. And and he come out and he has like a mark on it trying somebody trying to pry it because that's the thing is like if people know like disc golf stuff is like. It's not super valuable, yeah. but something like can I, be. I do want to pull up my my picture just so you can see, because like, you know, some people like they like put think their, about the amount of times where you see on like Facebook, like, oh, my window got broken, so someone yeah. stole my bag. Yeah, like, yeah. Seppo had his freaking passport stolen when he was in San Francisco, yeah. and he was like, I can't go back to Finland. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was just in a rental car. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you see like like Ricky Wysocki's van. Yep. So two-time world champion, you're like, so okay, exactly, this guy might and you see his face on it, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so look at this is what I got going on. This is what I'm putting on my van. Like, look yeah. how simple that is. You know what I mean? Gets the point that across. Sick, though. Yeah, right. That's Hell pretty yeah. cool. So yeah, so I mean, obviously, like the camera can't see it, but I'm getting like a black to white transition with just my logo and just mania on it, and that's it. Like some people put their face on it. They put, you know, I'm putting my Instagram, and my YouTube on there because I want followers. You know what I yeah. mean? But like. I'm not putting like some people. It's almost like they have their freaking home address on it. You know what I mean? Damn like dude. here's my social security number. Like I'm like, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I want to see my face on the side of my vehicle. Yeah, like it is the type of like where it's like people you're posting on social media, so people probably know where you are. Yep. Kinda. Yep. And then they know like that's your vehicle. So I can definitely yeah where the sport is right now. I feel like it's not as much of a Bro, and problem. I, and, but yeah, of course, of course. Coming well, soon. I mean, it, this sucks to say, but like. And this year is going to be the first year that the disc golf pro tour is actually having security. Oh, yeah. So like before this year, there was nothing stopping anybody from walking up to Paul McBeth with a knife. Right. You know what I mean? There was nothing stopping that. Yeah. Like literally Simon and I have signed discs to, for a guy with a freaking pistol in his, in his, in his holster. You know what I mean? <laughs> Simon literally was like, Oh yeah. Like he's like, thanks to signature. And he's like, yeah, and you brought your gun. Like that's cool. Like we're in the middle of Oklahoma. Yeah. You know? So it's like there though. It's like, oh, of course. That's just, that's, that's like having day, your cell phone man. in yeah, your pocket. Of course, of course. <laughs> Yeah, you never know if you're going to get charged by, like, a wild hog. You know what I mean? Like, he's right. out in the middle of Oklahoma just freaking playing disc golf and the Baron, like, just... <laughs> yeah, actually, like... Yeah. So, 2022 season. Yep. About to start. Yep. Heading to Vegas Saturday. Yeah, probably Saturday or, or tomorrow night. What do you 
got any goals for this season? What are you most excited? Um, for? yeah. So last year, the only goals I set for myself were ten twenty. Um, for for non non what you call it disc golfers, our rating system is like a you know confidence booster type of thing. It's the opposite of like a golf handicap where the lower is better and disc golf higher is better. So like a ten point jump is really good. And uh, yeah, I think I started the year last year like you know seven points off or so from ten twenty. So I was like, that's a pretty feasible goal. Then I told myself I wanted to get like a top 10 at like a big event and I wanted to get on a lead card at one point. It doesn't matter if it was first round, second round, final round, you know, I just wanted to, you know, just kind of be seen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then like three weeks into the season, there it was, you know, Damn. first, first place after one of the first rounds, I was on lead card. I got top 10, like I, my rating jumped to 10, 20 in two months. So I was like, okay, like I should have set bigger goals. You know what right. I mean? It's so like this year I'm like. I want to win, you know, yeah. like, like, I'm like, Hey, last year I set my goal of men in three, three weeks. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I want to win one by the end of the year. Win a pro tour. Win yeah. A, anything. Silver any. series pro yeah. tour. Like I want to like, I don't even care if I win. I want to like have the opportunity. Like in I feel Texas, like if you, if you like think, I think I saw a stat. Was it like Kevin Jones didn't win a single time last and year. He was in the run, but he like, almost won every tournament yeah, so you 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 thought that he had like this great seat or this terrible season but he freaking actually was like almost winning every right. single time and you're like oh kevin you know he just didn't have a good season and then you actually look at it and it's like well he almost won portland he had he almost probably won worlds the best season actually yeah yeah, yeah like consistent. consistently uh consistently got screwed over right. that's that was kevin's season last year really because because a lot of t- it's weird how like Obviously, when Paul was winning all the worlds, when Ricky was, yeah. clearly they're the best. They are. <laughs> there was the, nobody they else. are the world champion. Yeah, there was nobody. Nowadays, else. you can win worlds and like this you're year, not the best. Player this year, the there's world. four majors. We could have four people yeah. win majors this year. Whereas like, like Paul swept the majors. Yeah, did, yeah. Ricky did it too. Um, right? No, he... because uh, I forget what happened. Ricky never won the USDGC. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ricky never won the USDGC. But either way, for a while, it was like one dude winning mm-hmm. pretty much every tournament. Yeah. Now it's a lot more up in the air. I don't know if you could ever. For my opinion, Paul McBeth is he's just the best player in the world. That's yeah, just what I think. Of course. Like overall, you can't. I think that Paul McBeth is just still that guy to beat. Yeah. It doesn't matter about skill. It doesn't no. matter. It's it's a matter of like like you know history and and just like in relativeness. Like right. you're never counting him out at the big ones because no. he's won way too many of them. Yeah. So like. He can have the worst season of his life, but then he's gonna almost win worlds. You right. know what I mean? Like no, like obviously Greg Barsby, great disc golfer and everything, world champion from three years uh, ago, almost or, four now. Okay, yeah, twenty eighteen. Was he the best player in the world? Not even, close. not even close. Not like, even close. It's just how it, it was is. the perfect freaking storm. He just he got it. he got the two courses that paired perfectly for him to take down his opponents, and he took advantage of it. Yeah, and that's kind of how where I'm at. Where like. I know what I'm up against now. I've done the full year on tour. I know these courses now. And I'm like, okay, like Texas, it's got a couple of those courses that like these people who can throw 100 feet far, I mean, don't really have that advantage. They do on some holes, but like Mm -hmm. I can make up ground in the woods. So like, you know, I I think that I could definitely come out strong. Like, and I just want to, yeah, I just want to get back to that like final round league card. And then I I know that like now that I've had the opportunity and kind of let it slip, like now that it's like okay, I've been here before. Let me kind of let me try and figure this out for myself, and not, and I'm gonna like you know I'm gonna take control of it rather than letting it happen to me. Yeah. What do you think the best part, like strongest part of your game is? Uh, definitely like short forehands. Short forehands. Forehands under 250 feet, 300 feet. Like that's absolutely no doubt. 
Uh, so, so a lot of the woods courses, you know, quirky lines and like you're good at scrambling almost. I, I'm really good at adaptation. Yeah. Like I, I'm really, yeah. So scrambling is a good thing. So it's just like being in a scenario that you've never seen before. I'm really good at creating a shot that's going to get the job done and like bring it to life with a disc. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, be like, okay, like got to go through these branches, turn around the corner, flex back. And like, I just think I'm really good at imagining that and then like bringing it to life Mm -hmm. and and that's that's something that you got to do because like you can play all these practice rounds but if you only play the perfect shots and you're expecting to land in the fairway like when you get faced with adversity like you have to stand up like the thing that i say like when i teach people is like a good player can play well to their strengths a great player plays well in all like all different conditions like Mm -hmm. whether it's you know you're playing to your strengths you play to your weaknesses anything open course windy rainy you know you have to be able to to adhere to that so i'm not the best at anything but i don't necessarily have like you you would never look at my game and be like oh he's that's his biggest weakness like mine playing. My, <laughs> yeah. so my biggest weakness is so marginally less lower like mm-hmm. or so marginally like small compared to my next weakest thing, but my sh- biggest strength isn't really that much marginally better than my next biggest yeah. strength. So it's like my my scale of skill is very compact, but I do feel like I'm like on a good height as far as the scale. Like mm-hmm. it's not like everything's trash or everything's great, but right. everything is good. Which enough. overall, that's probably going to keep you higher in the rankings yeah. than a dude who can crush the disc exactly. but are you gonna make your putts exactly like, yeah more times than not no yep which so honestly now that i've been on tour and like i'm getting a little more comfortable and stuff one of the things i do struggle with is like aggression like going for shots that are probably not a good idea but like i kind of want to start doing that because i've played it safe for a couple years and it's like yeah it's cool to play safe but like if you think of it throw that aggressive shot and if your strength if you say your strength is getting up and down basically for sure why not take sure. that risk because yep. the odds of you still getting a par yep. is high because that's your good yeah and also i'm i'm still working on like the i really really want like the financial aspect out of my mind when i'm playing a tournament you know mm-hmm. like, like i not like okay if i lose two strokes here <laughs> i lose 200 bucks, 200 bucks. yeah and that's yeah. what i that's what i'm trying to remove from my game right now because it's, it's still present for now for now mm-hmm. but like i'd really like to get to a point where like no, I'm throwing. I'm throwing the best shot because that's the shot to get the job done. I not could, because I'm trying to eat. I could see how, as disc golf grows, and you would hope one day the top 100 players are all on salary. That they oh, don't, of course, that them winning two grand versus them that's going why Simon, for a shot, yep. losing four strokes yep. and dropping ten yep. spots doesn't cost <laughs> that's them why, their next week's. That, like, that's why Simon food. has never cared because he said that the money is not marginally enough for him to care. Right. Like the difference between second and fifth is not enough money for him to actually like care. Right. Which the, like, the peace of mind. Like winning is, is cool. If he's not winning, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. It's either like all like Paul McBeth. He's a, all he wants is for first. Yeah, yeah Kevin Jones. First Kevin Jones is the same like, way. Who gives a shit? Yeah, Kevin Jones is the same way. I played with him where both of us kind of weren't doing that well, and he was just like throwing crazy shots. Yeah. Plus, plus, like for a guy like Kevin Jones or like Simon is, if they're not gonna win, maybe they get a highlight and that girls they're so yeah for sure that, okay that in turn makes them more money yeah them throwing the crazy shot can make them more money than five x five higher places yeah in the tournament. absolutely you know if you look at it like that too so there's a 
there's a lot that goes into it because the, the, the game's at such a weird place right now where yeah. you got dudes who are making millions yep. and you got dudes that are making they're 20 grand a they're year. scraping. Not even. <laughs> not, yeah, not they're, even. But you, like, know? you got guys that are netting negative money on the year, yeah. but they're still out there somehow. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> hey, for the love of the game. I yeah, guess. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I see some of these guys on tour and I'm just like, like, if I... Like that was the that was the position that I was always avoiding when I was nineteen, not ready to make that leap. Like like, hey, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it because I want to. You know, mm-hmm. I was avoiding that grinder. Oh well, I if I you know I got to get at least twentieth place if I want to make it to Georgia. You know, right. like what? Like how can you live with yourself like, like that? Like sitting in like last part of a tournament and you're like, I have to make this in order to, to not go home next. Exactly. Weekend fuck i'd miss them all (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm really glad that i i waited you know i waited for my time to come i never put myself in that position because i would have been too much like going home was my biggest fear um like just just the fact one thing that i will tell you though is like you're so young and like even i'm like i feel i'm almost 25 now but i still i feel like i'm getting like too old but in the big picture is like if you failed and you had to go home Dude, you're still 21 years yeah. old. You could go back out two months from then. You could go work for two months, yep. save up money. Yep. It doesn't matter. And that's kind of what you I know. did. So like, so when I was just trying to dip my feet in, trying to understand how, how to play like a pro, that's what I was doing. You know, I would essentially fly out, play, you know, sometimes I wouldn't make money. Then I just fly home, work, mm-hmm. fly out, play, fly home, work. And like, it was just like my steady, I never, I always planned to come home. So I never felt like I failed. Yeah. I could go out and I could miss cash at both events, but I still had a great time with my friends and that's all I cared about. Right. Like I, I, I never once committed, I'm going out there and then was like, okay, I got to change my plans. Like my plan was always to come home. Yeah. So then when it was, my plan was to come home and I stayed out there and kept making money. That was like even more fulfilling. You know yeah. what I mean? What do you think what do you think you've learned most about like getting better at disc golf since you the first like year that you got to like all the only people you played with were like top level pros. Yeah. What part of your game or what did you learn the most from being able to just watch them? Play? You know, you like you have your textbook shots and then like you know shots that like you should have, but then you like, you know, you just kinda like go like I know how that's supposed to work, but why does it not fly like that when I throw it? And, like, understanding discs that are capable of doing things that they're not made to do, really. Mm -hmm. So, like, an understable disc, you know, it's supposed to go right. But you watch somebody like Simon, who's just really skilled, and he's throwing it with this baby spin on a hyzer, and it's moving left. And it's like, that's a disc I couldn't even think about going straight because it's going right, but he's throwing it and making it go left. Mm -hmm. It's like... (laughs) <laughs> you know you, this is really funny you know the movie cars like the kids movie cars it's like when he's drifting and he's like you know turn right to go left he's like how the heck does that make any sense <laughs> it's literally like that you know so like seeing what's actually possible as far as like the complexities of the shots and then just being like okay if you see them now i know how and then it's just a matter of teaching yourself but yeah. like it's a matter of being in love with it so much that all you want to do is learn that yeah. new shot you know you don't care about like you don't care about like, oh, I might not be able to do it. You're just like, that's cool. I want to do it. And like, I, I, I'm interested. That was like one of my biggest learning lessons when I started playing with Alex. Because I felt as though me and Alex had almost an identical skill set. Yeah. He's obviously better than course, me. Yeah. Like more consistent. Yeah. And then I would say throws 
75 feet further on average. On average, yeah. But power forehand, he had it, I had it. Yep. Power backhand, he had it, I had it. Mm-hmm. Power putter shots, he had it, I had it. So everything he could do, I could also do. Not quite Almost at the level. Good. <laughs> yeah, like not quite at the level. But yeah. so if I saw him throw a shot yep. or a you line, could just you could just do it. Immediately, I was like, so I can do that. Yeah. So maybe just slightly less far. So and, I would say you know, that's where we are polar opposite because playing with Simon as that, you know, Alex type guy throws so much farther, so much capable of more things. We have complete polar opposite game. Yeah. I'm all forehand when it's on the short holes and he's throwing these putters and I'm like, dude, you are insane. Mm-hmm. Like throwing that shot. Like I'm not even capable of that. I can't even think about it. Yeah. And he just, he just does it, man. Like, like Simon isn't most impressive because he throws far or because he can putt straight. His most impressive thing is grabbing a disc that's beat to crap, dog, dog teeth marks yeah. in it and throwing a freaking 300 foot straight shot with it. Yeah. Like he can ace, he can ace a hole. That's under 200 feet with like a 14 speed driver. You're yeah. Like, like that is, and, and it's, his spin control is like, top, that's what top it is. Tier. Yeah. So, so he excelled in the thing that I was weakest in. Mm-hmm. So, like, you are saying I was always able to see the line and just follow along. For me, I was like, I was able to see the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Like, hey, you, you're really good at all this stuff, but look at all this stuff you've never even tried. Yeah. That's possible. Like, he's not throwing a, a, like a forehand shank like, like, like yeah with a shank shotter like flex yeah no he'd never never and if he did it's because like he was just goofing around probably like, right no he always threw backhands and i never did and you know he always threw farther than me but like angles like distance angles that's another thing like just just yeah exactly it's all about like complexities of the shot not just throwing in a straight line not just throwing it left right it's about throwing it left before making it go right yeah you know what i mean like like going left and then going like oh yeah i'm actually gonna come all the way over like the beat up mid where it's like this and and drifts left and then it's like my favorite shot yeah it's so much fun (laughs) and and that was the shot that came to life by watching simon throw because it was just you know the things that if i'm the best player i know like as far as like the people i play with at my leagues and casually at my house if i'm the best player i know and I don't see that shot. I'm not going to think to do it. Exactly. So these my friends who I'm playing with aren't doing that shot. So I'm not doing that. That's shot. how I was like all growing up locally. Like I was. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Much the best. I threw twice as far as everybody yeah. else. Like, as, as far as like, as far as like knowing like, hey, like I, I'm kind of good, but I want to be better. It's hard to know what, what do I need to get better? Because like, well, I, I beat my friends, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't know what else I can do. Other than just like, I guess I just keep throwing yeah. more and keep putting more but like I all i would do that. is me and alex and terry would go play Kaposha. every disc me and alex basically threw identical bags for yeah the most part. i remember so whatever shot he threw i just tried to copy it because i'm like he's one of the best players in the world that's a good, that's not, a good thing yeah if i can match every shot he throws i'll probably get better yeah yeah, yeah. and that is true for sure and uh thankfully you didn't uh you didn't copy his you know, after he missed the putt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I probably did. <laughs> oh, man. But, shit. Yeah, Any, everybody, everybody's got their own way of getting good. Uh, mine was just, I just wanted to keep throwing. Like, yeah. That's all it is. That's I, the thing. I think, like, with disc golf is, like, over everything is, like, you got to just love watching a disc fly. Of course. And you got to just. I love watching a disc fly out of my hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love watching a disc fly, but I love watching it fly out of my hand. Yeah. So, like. 
I never practiced as work, you know, it was yeah. just like, I was practicing, but I didn't even know it because I was just like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. This is, this is what I've waited all day in school or all day at work to do. And like, oh wow, I'm practicing. That's cool. I'm just having fun. You know? Yeah. I used to like go out after I would be at like baseball practice. I would like pitch a bullpen or I would play pitch in a game. My arms fried and I'd still go play disc golf. Dude, after. So <laughs> I like, actually, what quit, am I, doing? I actually quit all my sports. The only sport I played once I got disc golf because, uh, the practices were in the morning was hockey. Okay. So I would play hockey in the winter, disc golf, obviously off season in the winter. So I would go to practice at 6am in the morning. And then in the afternoon, if I wanted to go disc golf and I still could, and, uh, it never really interfered, but baseball was out the door. I played on a golf team. And I told my golf coach, like, the second week of the season, I'm like, oh, no, that match is on Wednesday. I got league. I won't be there. <laughs> and he's like, you know, like, you didn't show the last one. He's like, maybe you should, shouldn't be on the team. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I shouldn't be on the team because I'm not going to anything on Monday night or Wednesday night because I'm on my league nights. <laughs> and that's just how I went. And I never played another sport again, really. Yeah. Yep. Well, clearly it worked I out. I found the right one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. But, yeah, I mean, and then and, and from there, like, I was always like, you know, the kid who played disc golf, but like nobody was like, oh, like he plays disc golf. That's awesome. You Isn't know? it funny how like, like you probably go to high school with so many kids <laughs> who were like, I want to be in the MLB. I want to be in the NFL. Like most likely none of them are. And then you got like little Casey You got White. the freaking, you got the, you know, you got Make, the gamers that, yeah. are, that are making big on like Rocket League tournaments yeah. and Minecraft. And then, and then you got the like act. the kid that was just throwing Frisbees, Frisbees after school is like making a living doing that yeah. and they're probably all like the fuck <laughs> yeah so so the the actually this is really funny i just talked about this recently the teacher that played disc golf at my school he was like the guy that you know everybody's like oh like, isn't that what he does He's a total weirdo yeah and i'm like i am very thankful that now i am the representative for disc golf at my high school and not that guy because yeah. like everybody's like oh what a freaking weird thing you know yeah. that guy does it but now it's like hey you know casey white and i'm like all right cool like i get to represent it now but uh yeah i do i do like to think about that because uh way back when i first started making money like it was it was probably like maybe my fourth pro tournament i made like 500 bucks and it was the start of my senior year and this kid in my class said something and like I don't even remember what it was, but I just remember like making a remark like, yeah, I remember when I was in fifth grade and he goes, yeah, I remember when disc golf was straight and I go, yeah, how much money you, how much money you make playing quarterback Vinny? <laughs> and then he didn't say anything. And my, my English teacher was like, Oh, <laughs> They're like, oh shit. because I was literally just finished talking to my teacher about how I just made 500 bucks this weekend. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, how much money, uh, how much money does the starting quarterback get paid at this school? <laughs> Dude, I loved it. It was hilarious. That's funny. So, yeah. so what, what would you tell like the like aspiring disc the young kid out there? He's fourteen years old, playing it, leagues, it, tearing it up, it wants to go for it. It don't even matter if it's disc golf or not. Yeah, like it just life like, in if general. You just have to know that you enjoy what you're doing. Like even when I was doing plumbing, like people always ask me, like, "Oh, like do you like it?" And I'm like, "I'm good at it, so I like it. I like being good at things because I don't have to really think, you know." So like going to work every day, it wasn't like. I hate my boss. I hate this. Like I could never imagine living that life. Thankfully, I never did. I never hated my boss. I never hated my commute to work. I never hated my job. Uh, it was just like that was the where I was at in my life, and I was content with it. So it's just a matter of like not not loving what you do. Just don't hate yourself every day. Like I just saw a poll on on like YouTube and it said, "Would you rather make a lot of money and hate your job, 
or make little money and love your job. And of course, I put make little money, love my job because what I do. Right. The freaking votes on the hate your job and make a lot of money. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, people are crazy. Like, because like people it. don't realize like the, the type of people that click that option, like they have no dreams, they have nothing yeah. to like work towards. Oh my so God. all they have is like money, money. Yeah. You know. Oh my God, I couldn't believe that. So like, as long as whatever you're doing, like it could be a hobby, it could be your job, just like. You don't. You shouldn't have to tell yourself, "I enjoy this." You know, mm. just do it because you want to do it. I throw a disc because I want to do it. I, I watch. You know, same reason you freaking watch a TV show because you want to do it. I don't watch TV shows because I don't want to do it, and I don't force myself to watch them and tell myself you're gonna enjoy this. You know, so that just kind of goes for everything. I eat the food that I want to eat. I go to the places I want to go. I, I sleep in my van because that's where I want to sleep. What are your other favorite things to do? Do you have any um, other like no? Hobby just that's golf like, really, really absorbed just... my life. I really, I mean, just recently I've, I've been hitting the gym a bunch. I'm really enjoying that, like having a workout routine and stuff like that. So like, especially being on the road and stuff like that. Planet Fitness has kind of been like the place that I like feel like okay, like you know I've been here before. Yeah. So like, if in a, if I'm just like kind of by myself, like being at Planet Fitness by myself is different than being just in a random place by myself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, like that, and uh, I just recently got a Nintendo Switch, so that's really cool for me, but I spent a lot of my time just, you know, thinking, talking, throwing, disc golf, everything. I like, feel like when you're part, like, if that, when disc golf's your life, like, kind of all you like to do, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's you can watch it, you can play it, yeah. you can talk it. I can it, talk can, about it. Like, I can so literally talk for hours as long as you know as long as i could just roll in topics and the other thing is like my memory is so insane that i can remember so many different shots and tournaments and players and everything that like so many dudes can go they'll, they'll play around they can tell you every shot they I, that's threw. me that's me i can tell you every single disc in your bag from the round we played yesterday and every single shot and where it landed <laughs> like I, that's just my, i'm just that guy that's kind of how i am too i, like, I, I just, got a good memory i just really care so, like, every single shot you throw, I'm really interested to know what disc is in your bag, why it flies like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just, you know, as much knowledge as I can. I'll just yeah. take it all in. I always think it's weird how some people, some people, they go to a, a disc golf store and they have no clue how anything flies. I've always said, like, give me any company, any disc, I probably can, can guess it. Can thro- like, either by oh. feeling oh, it, I'm or feeling kn- it yeah. or knowing just so much, having played for 10 plus years, yep. like, give me a disc. I can show you how it flies yeah. and tell you how it yeah, flies. Yeah, for sure, like, for sure. I, uh, I'm i also, yeah, like I can go to a pro shop and somebody, you know, anybody can come in and say, I need blah, blah, blah disc. And I can go to each brand and show them yeah. which one that slot would be, you yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, so like I've always been so attentive just because like it doesn't matter that you don't do it as your job you still might throw a shot that I don't throw that I'm intrigued by the way that it flies because I don't personally use that shot right so like yeah it doesn't matter who you are if you have a shot that you're good at and i'm like hey like i like the way that flies like i'm still trying to be like okay like i should figure out a way to adapt that because like one of the shots is like you and gavin yesterday all you did was like throw putters yeah that's the thing i do the least i never ever throw putters i'm pretty much like if i can reach it with a putter and that's gonna throw and that's what i noticed and i'm like the opposite like i'll flick a driver on a hole that you'll throw a putter so it's just like I mean, that's one of the perks of, like, if you can throw a putter, like, 350 plus, it's, like, mm-hmm. they're so, you have ones that you know so well that, like, you're, the the error is, like, very little. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course, yeah. And, like, I don't know. It's just something I've never really grown on, but. 
Yeah. I always find opportunities to learn. So like anytime a new disc comes out, I want to know what it feels like, what it looks like, what it flies like. Like I see somebody's bag and like it's a manufacturer I've never heard of. And I'm like, I, I'm, I am intrigued because I'm curious, but I'm also like, how do I not know what this is? And I'm yeah. bothered. And yeah. I'm like, I need to know what this is. Why can I not figure it out? And like, I don't want to look at the name. I want to be like, I should know what this is. And then like, you know, sometimes like a disc I never heard of. And I'm like, okay, whatever. No hard feelings there. I'm on myself. But like, <laughs> yeah, I'm always just trying to, you know, be knowledgeable as, as it's just, yeah. I feel like I'm really, really maxed out as far as the information that I do have. I know how all the discs fly. I know the flight numbers. Mm-hmm. I know the plastics. So like anytime there's an opportunity to know more, it's like, hey, right. Let me jump on that. But I, I definitely don't watch as much anymore like you're talking about like consuming the content i don't either ever since i get i've ever since i got on tour i get to watch every tournament when it happens yeah so like i'll watch my my own coverage like watching film you I'll know watch like my friends when they're on coverage for sure other than that i haven't really watched yeah. much in the last few years yeah uh basically just for me it's been since i moved out since yeah. so whatever since covid so like june 2020 that was the last time and then i you know didn't really have like a tv or anything like that. I, I go on YouTube on my phone, but like I might look at like disc golf videos on YouTube, but like it's never around. Yeah. And if it is around, it's because something very specific came up that day that I was like, yeah, I'm actually going to check out that round mm-hmm. or like that course. Yeah. Like just, just kind of look, I, I'm a big, like uh, I'm a big star Wars fan. So a lot of my uh, YouTube stuff that I watch like is like star, star Wars, Wars stuff. Huh. Yeah. And like, you know, obviously like NFL, NHL stuff. Like what do you think about Tom Brady retiring? Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. Because yeah, you're Brady. from, yeah, oh, from yeah. that's where oh, you're I'm from. I'm as big as a Tom Brady fan as I get. Um, you know, I just, I kind of wish that he would have retired after he won in Tampa Bay. I'm not at all mad that he left New England. Like, would have been that, like great. Like, the fact that win the, it and say, see ya. If he, if he retired in New England, it always would have been like that. Oh, well, he never, you know, he couldn't do it without Bill. It, it would have been like, hey, I left for one year. Did it again. See, uh, that's what I wanted. So like, that's why, like if I wanted him to leave new England because I wanted him to do like prove it. And then he did it. And I'm like, dude, like, like I'm not mad that he played another season, but I was like, man, if only he would have been able to finish on a super bowl. Yeah. So, uh, but then I actually, I was really upset that he did leave not after a super bowl win. But then I realized that he played the Patriots this year and won. So he set the record for the first player to beat all teams in the yeah. NFL. So after that, I realized that I'm like, okay, like this is acceptable. You know, he didn't retire on a win, but that's all right. He, he, true. The, the last play he ran on the football field was a touchdown. Damn. Yep. The GOAT. Absolutely. Well, shit, Casey, thank you for coming on. Yeah. That was a good time. Hoping to get some more disc golf friends on here. Anyone else? Hit me up. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no shortage. But I mean, uh, any anytime I have the opportunity to talk, like I take it. Yeah. Like usually there's not a mic in front of me and I'm just talking. Anyway. Yeah. So like <laughs> if it can We're be in, like for, Chipotle yesterday and I'm like everyone in here is definitely like listening to Casey because oh, he's like ten octaves above everybody. Yeah. Else. Yeah. I'm just trying to talk, man. I love talking. I love homies. Yeah. Good. Casey White. We want to like shout out all your. Uh, yeah, you can uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Casey White Four. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Casey White Disc Golf, and uh, yeah, just follow the Disc Golf Pro Tour and you know support your local uh, disc golf aspiring pros. Oh, yeah, <laughs> young guns <laughs> like Coach. 
Yeah, one day yeah, you'll one be day. out there. Hey, it's never too late. That's a, that's the other thing that people don't really understand. Like, it's never too late to get that handle on your life that you think you want. It's like that guy, you know. It's like the the story about the guy that you know didn't learn guitar at thirty because he's like, oh, I I should have learned it at twenty, and then yeah. he's forty, and he's like, I should have learned it at thirty. Like, it all works. Hell yeah. It's good shit to end on right there. <laughs> All right, Casey, thanks for coming on. True. We'll see you guys in True. the next one. Left Home Podcast episode. Who knows? Episode who knows? <laughs> cigarettes on cigarettes. My mama think I stink. I got pearls in my hoodies. All the homies think he's think I miss my cocoa butter kisses. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. Cigarettes on cigarettes. My mama think I stink. I got 